Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Uh, <clears throat> do you know if Kirk is joining us? He said he was going to try. Did he IM you or anything? I can't. Do you see him green on your screen? I do. I see him as nothing on the screen. Mm. I saw you. I could see you on the screen. I wonder if I should just give him a whirl. Yeah, see if it works. Let's see. Kirk. Add. <clears throat> How was your work week? It was good. You were off for all. Hey. <laughs> hey. You were, hey. You were off for Barb's birthday? I was. That's good. Yeah. Are you there, Kirk? I am here. All right. You made Hi, it. Just you got, barely. You got I'm away you from your it. chores. Well, I got you, to a stopping point. How about that? You loaded the toilet, po ta toilet paper roll because it I was did. just there. Yep, you loaded and, it. And the paper towels because my children keep burning through our paper resources. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they won't restock them. Apparently, I am the only person in the house who knows where the paper towels are, the toilet paper, and the soap for the hand pump refill. <laughs> Nobody yeah. seems to know how to refill any of these things. So no, if I no. die, I'm going to have some very dirty children and wife. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to have a class. You, you need a <laughs> school's in session. Mm -hmm. and, and then you need to go through these things. You know, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, you should do that this weekend. Homeschool. Have, it's called homeschool. Pointed it out to them as I've brought them in from supply runs, and yet somehow they still don't seem to learn where they are. <laughs> well, what 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 do and, they like? What do they like to eat? What is their uh, favorite candy? Candy, or, sugar. Well, that's what you use. You like reward them after they load the toilet paper. It's like here. You get a Twix bar. Positive not, reinforcement. Po positive reinforcement. <laughs> not a bad idea. I need to change my approach because yep. obviously I am failing. <laughs> <laughs> positive reinforcement. Oh, you loaded the toilet paper. Look, here's a Twix bar. Yeah. <clears throat> I got a treat for you. Come yeah. and get a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the current state of the world, I would be more excited at this point if they just quit wasting it. My, my teenager has allergies, although he doesn't seem to think he does. And he will have like just a little bit of snot in his nose, and he will get like three rolls of paper towels to blot his nose and then throw that away. And I'm like, no, no, one tissue would do. And you could use the corner of that, stick it in your pocket and use it again, like three more times. <laughs> you know, you need to ration this stuff. Who knows when the next load will come in. That's right, right. right. Although my wife did say when she went shopping this past, um, this past Monday evening, I guess it was, she said the, the store was fully stocked on toilet paper. Now it could be that they just got it and put it in. And, um, yeah, and we, it, we it, was out, it was out right away then afterwards, or, or maybe it's starting to die down a lot. Of, yeah, we saw much. the same thing when we went to Costco. But, a lot of toilet paper, a lot of paper towels. 
Maybe people are starting to realize that. No, I think um, they've stockpiled them so much. They're like, what exactly, am I, what, yeah. what am I going to freaking gonna do with all this toilet paper? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly right. Uh, now, Kirk, where you are um, in your state, did they did they reopen? It's a soft reopening. That the mandatory shelter at home expired. I want to say Thursday night. Where are you and, in Georgia? I am in southwest Georgia. I'm yeah. closer to Tallahassee, Florida than I am to Atlanta. Okay. I'm <clears> down in the little corner. And they're still advising, you know, only so many people practice, you know, distancing and and don't don't go out if you have an underlying health condition or you're older. But yeah, our governor has decided it's time to reopen. And Gosh. That might be fine in some parts. I don't know how the entire state is, but uh-huh. I know in my area, we were a hot spot. And I don't think it's a good idea, at least in my area. Gotcha. So I, I still go over to the next town over to get my groceries because I don't even want to walk around in the, in the stores because it's been so bad. Yeah, my, our well, governor you have, you, just you, announced you, yesterday that they, they officially closed school for the rest of the school year. I mean, we everyone pretty much figured it was going to happen but it's 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 official now it's sad <laughs> yeah yeah it is they're here all the time <laughs> <laughs> eating all my food using all my paper <laughs> <laughs> well yep. they always have the comic books <laughs> i'd rather not- they use leaves than my comic books <laughs> <laughs> Here's some sandpaper. Use that. <laughs> that'll that'll teach you for burning through it. I told my teenager, I said, if I end up using a leaf because you've used up all our paper, I'm gonna be mad at you the rest of my life. That's right. I'm a, I'm allergic to everything. I don't know that the leaf would work very well for me. Ooh, yeah. You, that could, use a leaf. Take a Benadryl. Yeah, that could be that could be uh painful. Yeah. If you haven't figured it out, we, we didn't have Mr. Mortimer with us today. Yeah. Joe Mortimer is working. Right. Oh, yes. This is DC Everything Else with Mike, Rob, Kirk, and not Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to us, Joe. <laughs> Joe said he's doing something with spiders and aliens, so that's got to be – or ghosts. That's got to well, be good. I, the, the economy is tough right now. I think that Joe has joined the Scooby-Doo mystery gang. That's what it sounded like. He's solving mysteries with with Shaggy and Scooby in the museum today. That's, that's fun. That sounds like fun. Is there a Scooby-Doo museum over there? That's well, I'd like I like to think there to is. Yeah, you like to think there is. <laughs> that would be fun. My, my reality may not match up with yours, but I like to think there is. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I do love a good mystery. I and do love always, Daphne. They're, they're always done-in-one stories. And they always solve the mystery. Yeah, you know what? I was I started to get disappointed when I got a little bit older that none of the stuff was real. I I wanted there to really be a ghost or such and such or a monster or whatever. It was always just people dressed up. It was old man Winslow Mortimer. Yeah, it kind go. of uh, it, it it depressed my my sense of imagination. 
that there could be things out there. Yeah, they would have been better suited to have an episode where they're like, I can't explain this. Let's get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've had a real ghost in, in an episode, though. Maybe. <gasps> Mike. What? You're starting to read Legionnaires? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we, I, I lost the competition again, so. I love Legionnaires. I, I, uh, I, I told... I told um, Kyle, I said, you know, you pick that, that's going to win. Because you, know you know what wins the, the survey is always the most popular. It's never the least popular. It's always like what people know wins. Hey, I love the Legionnaires. Yeah, exactly. So it's always what people know. You well, probably yeah. haven't even read Kronos, so you don't give a crap. You'd no, rather you'd, ra- you'd, you'd, you'd rather that? go to something. F- you'd rather you'd probably you'd rather go to something familiar that you've what, already read what, what, than what, go Kronos? try that, something new. That the Adam villain? That's what is that? Kronos is the Adam villain, but the series is about like his nephew. It's like a relative. What was your other pick? Uh, DC Legacies, which you probably you see, haven't I, read either. I, no, I read DC Legacies. Ah. That one I did read, but no, that I didn't. I, I never read Chrono. That that's far superior to Legionnaires. I have to oh, tell get you. Get out of here! Oh my God, it's got the Sergeant Rock in the back. What the fuck are you talking about? No, it's yeah, got that automatically the... elevates Holy it for me. Holy mackerel! What's the matter with you? I I love I love the Legionnaires. That was when I really started getting into them. That well, that well that one shortly was shortly before. Zero hour, but that's when I really start to get into them, the whole zero hour and stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, I took your advice last week. Well, I ah. think like Sunday, and I I inventoried three boxes. And what that's I'm a co- lot. Well, yeah, it, it is. But I still got another eight in that one closet. But uh, what it did do is that I have all my DC inventoried, so all the DC is inventoried. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Now you can get on my my comic shop and and um and and buy without having to worry. <laughs> I don't think so. We have live caller. Who is it? Pick it up. That's Iowa's Joe. It's Joe. Pick it up. He's, <laughs> he's calling to. Offer me an extension on my vehicle warranty. Maybe, maybe that's, they have a question the... for the show. <laughs> Why, he, yes, he yes, caller, a... I do like Sergeant Rock. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you a... answer it. <laughs> he probably has a scalp hunter co- comment because he is our scalp hunter expert. Yeah, that's what I should have picked for this episode without Joe. Is just all scalp hunter all the time. I got them, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but we missed Joe today. He had to work. Yeah. I guess he he works weekends. Yeah. More than he does the week. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Well, we got our DCBS shipment. Yeah, I live streamed mine. Kirk yeah. was on there. He was watching. Did, now, did he I know, watch? I know Mike gets his weekly. What about you, Rob? How often do you get yours? I bi- weekly. Bi-weekly. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they'd hold off. I know it's the end of the month, but I was kind of hoping they would hold off since it was just one book. 
and then ship next week when I'm expecting, you know, a handful. Right. But, you know, you know, you know what, you know why they don't want to do that is because uh, they they assume that most of their customers are repeating customers, and then if they do that, they're stockpiling. You're you're crediting yourself forward yeah. on shipping. Yeah. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I if told... they don't if they don't ship anything, then they're caught with their your shipping fee. That's right. You're absolutely right. I told Stacy, I go, and you, I told her this last week when I said when I found out for sure, or at the beginning of this week when I found out for sure, yes, it's just the one book, and they are shipping it. I said, you know, they have flat rate shipping. So you see some of those boxes come in. That's yeah. seven dollars and fifty cents. This one comic book that came in, seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> yeah, they're they're probably losing money, but they're not stockpiling your credit. In other right. words, I, I, I would have preferred they just save it until everything's turned on. Because me getting three books isn't going to I mean, that next week might be a bigger deal. It's more like seven or eight. Yeah, I've got quite a few. Yeah. All the, like more like the regular, oh, the regular, some regular DC Universe <laughs> books are coming. So those are the ones that I, I'm getting everything of. So yeah. Yeah. I, I kept thinking to myself, I wish I could tell them not to do it, but then I know why they're doing it. Yeah, I get it. <clears throat> yeah, but really, they should. If I was their business. The, the biggest complaint they get, at least that I've seen, because I, I love DCBS and I follow when people get mad, is is when people close out their accounts and then they don't get their box right away because they're waiting for things to come in. Like they know you're, you stopped the business yeah, and right. they're, wait, they're waiting to ship one box instead of four. In other words, because you only paid for one, you didn't pay for four right so they're they're trying to economically ship you your books because you only paid for that one month and if they stockpiled a little bit of it like this is an opportunity to cover those people that leave and i would assume just just based on the unemployment rate that they're probably going to get some people like that like there's going to be a percentage whether it be 10 percent or 20 percent of the population, they won't put in an order for this month because they, they can't, they got, yeah. they got to look after their families. They got to put food on the table somehow. Uh, the disposable income is, is not that important. Um, so yeah, I would, that's what I would have done as a company is I would be looking for opportunity to, to be able to, to get people their books that they've paid for. Um, because they're not coming back right away. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, very true. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's it's definitely a, a strange time. And you guys saw that on the 20th, uh, I guess new comics will be out in general, except for uh, Marvel. Marvel's yeah, waiting until the 27th. And it's, it's got a lot of people upset because most of the stores are getting their comics through Diamond, and DC has like got like... 60 books that one week yeah. i'm like what the hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, there was one guy that i was following that was already dropping he's like i can't afford to get that so he cut his order in half you know he's wow. he's like dropping it yeah because so he hasn't he's not 
like he's not in our boat where we're getting these comics all you know as as we lead up to the the twentieth, right? Yeah, so yeah. That yeah. And we just yeah, we, can... we just happen to be lucky that DCBS is in with DC. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, I had to selfishly wonder if if DCBS's prices will get even better due to this new situation. I think it might for them, but I don't think it will for us. You don't think so? I think it's I think it's their only benefit because they're not there's really no incentive to do what they're doing for DC other than if they're getting more benefit for themselves. <clears throat> so if they can increase their profit margin for, for they're having to hire more staff just to be this other comic well, book yeah. entity. So, yeah. Yeah. So they're distributing the stores now. So they're having to hire staff, possibly have a little more space reserved for it. So yeah, it's like I think their only benefit would be cost savings, and I don't think they, unless it was substantial, they'd pass it on to us. I think they would absorb it by whatever they're doing. Because yeah. really the only like benefit to releasing books on Tuesday for for them is is that really I don't see any benefit because most people are going to still go on Wednesday to pick up their books because that's when all the books come in, not just DC, unless they're just like a, a DC fan and don't care about anybody else. Then they, they'd probably go in on Tuesday to get their books. But the big bang for their buck is the digital people because they'll be getting their books a day early. Mm, true. Yeah. That's where DC is going to profit. That's what I think. Like right now, if you look at Comixology, DC mm-hmm. owns the top 20 books. Yeah. There, there's nothing even close because they're the only ones releasing any content. Right, right. Well, you know, and and I don't know how it is, if you guys even know, if you followed it at all in your area, but at least two of, the, like my main comic shop, the ones where I get like the handful of Marvels and a couple other um, uh, titles still, <clears throat> as well as another comic shop that actually has not closed because they, they're a coffee shop as well. So they're allowed to be open. Yeah. Um, they both went with this new, this new process. So they're getting theirs actually from Midtown being from New York. Um, but yeah, they both announced that they had the, the DC books this week. Um, as opposed to somebody like, you know, I was talking to, um, like Eric from Cowabunga and, and, you know, they're definitely not, not yeah. doing that. They're waiting for BS. Yeah, they're they're Which, pretty upset about the whole thing, but yeah, um. and, and and I do I do get it. I you know I, I me and him were talking a little bit because, um, you know as I t- I told you guys I you know I did place a couple orders after I've heard him talk on a bunch of podcasts and finally yours, Mike. Um, I'm like you know what, let me reach out to this guy. It was re- you know he's just he's a really good guy. Eric, you know Eric, he just you want you want to kind of do business with him. So um you know he he was talking a little and. You know, from a retailer perspective, you know, I can understand, um, you know, a lot of questions, a lot of concerns with going to an actual competitor to get your your books that are going to distribute them to you. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, per- I personally wouldn't do it unless I knew I was getting a better deal. Like, well, like you know it- what? And he's, he's in a different boat because he's doing mail order all over the country at this point. 
Um, you know, he's very there. I, I think they've done a great job in getting their store name out there. I mean, they're out in, you know, in the middle of Wisconsin and yet everyone knows this comic shop now. Um, the two in the two here locally, like nobody knows these comic shops. I don't feel like they think that they feel like Midtown is a direct competitor to them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like people are going to pe- local people are going to come to their shops. I don't think they feel like they're really losing business because Midtown is, you know, going to take their business away or something. I don't think they will unless unless people are smart and look at the advertisements in their comics saying, we can't even tell you how much you're saving if you go to CBS. <laughs> Those true. are some interesting ads. They really get your attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what Kirk's saying. Well, how many more comics can I buy then? Mike, that's what happened to me. You guys kept talking about it all the time. I finally looked into it. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, yeah, you can get more comics, so why wouldn't you? Well, and it kind of coincided with with Rebirth. So I'm like, all right, well, look at how cheap this is. I'm going to go all in. Like, I never was all in on on either one of the major publishers. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, is it's like a drug, and and you realize – well, do I need it on Wednesday or can I wait till Friday or Saturday? Like yep. it, oh. And then once you realize you can wait till Friday or Saturday, then, then you're like, holy shit, I just I bought <laughs> I bought 40 comics for the price of 20. Like, yeah. why? Why wouldn't I want to do that? But now I'm probably I'm easily spending twice than what I spent when I was at the comic book shop buying all of my stuff. Because so, oh, you were, bu- you were mean, buy- buying less, you want yeah, more ca- I was, candy. Yeah, so what I'm you buying want. even more stuff. I'm spending more money in, and I'm getting huge discounts. So I'm probably buying four times as much stuff as I was, and well, I'm spending twice as much money. Well, where it really gets you is like when you see like this war hardcover, and you see it. Wow, that's fifty percent off. You're like, like how can you pass that? How up? can you pass that up? And a lot of those were the same way, whether it was the old Valiant and when Valiant was doing their hardcovers and stuff. Yeah. Like, well, I wanted eventually I could put it on a Christmas list and somebody could get it for me for my birthday or for Christmas or something from Amazon. Or I could buy it now for so much cheaper. Yeah. So it's like, amazing why wouldn't I save for if I want, bucks. if I'm going to get it anyhow, why not save the money? Plus the condition will be better if you go on and buy it from DCBS <laughs> than Amazon shipping it in an envelope to you. Oh, the, uh, if you get an envelope where you get a big old box with like two <laughs> air bubbles in there and it like rocks itself around and <laughs> smashes every corner of the hardcover dur- during the shipping process. And by the time you get it, there's dinks and dents in the whole damn thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're, whoever packs their boxes are definitely not used to collectibles. No. They'll pack my cat food better than they will the comic books I get from them. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I got a box of like four four cases of cat food in the in the mail the other day. And they had that sucker packed so good with packing paper on every side. And I was like, not a single one of the books or trades I've ever bought from Amazon has been packed this well. This maybe is ridiculous. You should, maybe you should have your books packed with the cat food. In other well, words, you oh, can tell them, nice. surround my book with the cat food. <laughs> I have tried to do that, and they always ship it separately. I'll even click some, Sometimes they'll even say, you know, do you want to combine and ship in as few as like, possible? Please. And I'm like, yes, definitely. Put this in with the, the cat food. And yeah. then it shows up. Here's the cat food in one box, and here's the 
the books in an envelope folded in half to fit in your mailbox. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I'm, sh- I'm sure that they're, they're not in the same warehouses, but yeah, it, it is funny. Oh, I hate, I hate when they assume when, when somebody delivers something and they don't assume that you're, they assume that the package will be put in, in a box or something. When in reality, a mailman will try to cram it into, like we we have we don't have a mailbox. We have one of those, like community cul-de-sac mailboxes. Oh. Uh huh. Yep. And oh, the box no. the the boxes are about like four inches by I don't know by four inches or something like that. They're little tiny things that will fit an envelope. Well, if if, if you order a comic book and they don't put the do not bend, they'll they'll freaking like cram it in there though it will fold it in half are you serious yeah man that's why it's important if you ever sell a comic put do not bend because the male people if they don't see that they don't care yeah Hmm. i'm very fortunate because i get most of mine at the post office and everybody through the years since i was a kid has learned to just just leave there that on the shelf, put a notice in his box that there's a package and then they, they leave it flat in the back. The problem yeah. is what happens to it on the way to the Putney post office. Yeah. All the right. Sorting well, machine, sorting machines think comic books are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? It's a shame. They're probably saying, what is that smell? It smells good. <laughs> I love it's the vintage smell of newsprint. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kick this one off. Um, let's do who this. Wants, who wants to go first? I suppose since I gathered the troops, I'll, I'll I'll do one first. You'll take one for the team. Take one for the team. Go, Rob. Go, All right, Rob. So, guys, I don't know. Are you are you guys familiar with uh, a thing that um, PC did about ten, eleven years ago called Wednesday Comics? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got the that big hardcover. I looked up on Amazon. I looked up on eBay. Got a print. People were asking a hundred and something dollars for it. And when I went on eBay, some guy was selling it, still in shrink wrap for fifty bucks. That, that's what what the actual like retail price had been. I was gonna yeah. say, isn't that cover price? Yeah. So I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, and guess I'm what? We got it for it. at DCBS. It. At DCBS, we got it for twenty-five. Yeah, I never knew about this though. I got it for fifty-eight with shipping. How could you not know about this? Like, well, were you out about, of? Com- I knew about were you, the, were you the, out the of comic books? I didn't know about the hardcover, huh? Were you out of comics when oh, Wednesday no. Comics came? No, I knew about the paper, the newspaper thing, but uh, but honestly, I'm like, what am I gonna do with a bunch of newspapers? And they I fold, think that it they was, fold right. I mean, I I think Kirk showed you the picture. They fold right into a bag and board, like listen, a regular size comic. You didn't show me that when they were coming out. I thought they were going <laughs> to be But they too big. they they enlarge themselves into this beautiful like Sunday funny newspaper. Well, I I think also, if I'm not mistaken, and I very well could be, maybe I'm just making up excuses, but I believe that. Just prior to this, DC may have had a bunch of weekly series on and off, and I was kind of feeling burned out with with the constant every single 
week type thing. So I, anyhow, I just bowed may, out. Yeah, you may be right. That may have been around the time they were finishing up fifty two. I, I was just getting tired. I was just getting tired of. Uh, I think at the time I felt like I was overspending. This is another weekly thing. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hold off. So obviously, it's been now eleven years, and uh, I started to to look into it. And I, I don't remember, Kirk, maybe it was you that had mentioned something about it in passing or whatever. But I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of good. Like, it's not all like, I mean, sure, there's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman, but it's not all just that. We, we've got, you know, the Metal Men, we've got Metamorpho, we've got Sergeant Rock, right? I mean, a, a, a lot of Dead Man got some more, yeah, more obscure uh, characters, too. So I'm like, well, you know what, this, this is really cool. I can just read one story, uh, you know, a night if I'm feeling, uh, you know, in the mood to just read a complete story, I'll just sit there and you know take 15 20 minutes and read one one complete story so anyhow this came it's absolutely beautiful uh, i it's not going to fit on any of my shelves so i have to kind of keep it up right next to a shelf because it's so huge but uh i'm going to cover uh just you um, know what you know about... what i do is i use it as an extender so i can put more books on top of it because it's so <laughs> wide <laughs> this thing is enormous isn't it it's so big. It, it like it's like its own bookshelf. So it you is. Can use it as another bookshelf. Yep. Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, so I'm going to cover uh, the Commandy story. Um, Good choice. It was uh, by Dave. Dave Gibbons actually did the story, and the art was by Ryan Suck. And oh my God, this art is absolutely beautiful. Um. So at the beginning of the story. Uh, uh, Commandy's alone, and, and he's kind of reminiscing. He goes back to uh, where he grew up at, you know, Command D. And uh, he's just kind of looking through old things, and he gets surprised. And it turns out that it's Prince um, Tufton. And uh, he starts talking to Commandy, and uh, he's he starts asking for some help. When well, explain, they get... explain Prince Tufton to people because oh, sure. they might not know that he's. Well, well then shame on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Commandy is the last boy on earth in a futuristic, um, post-apocalyptic world, um, and he's the last boy on earth. All these like it's inhabited. It's like a Planet of the Apes. All these, um, all the animals that are inhabiting the earth now get you know walk and talk. And um, have civilizations. So Prince Tufton is um, a tiger, and uh, this is what Commandy kind of uh, in the original run, you know, go, uh, kind of experiences. He he goes through this world encountering strange um, strange beasts and also um, different types of animals that have mutated into sentient beings. How is that, Mike? Pretty good. That's better. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I, I, I just think that that like, there's probably thirty percent of people that listen to this podcast that don't know Commandy. Oh, they got to pick up some Commandy. I love Commandy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I love Planet of the Apes too. Yeah. That, that's what. Uh, that's what uh, Kirby wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Planet of the Apes, you should definitely check out Commandy. Yeah. Yeah, because oh. it's just bigger. <laughs> yeah, well, instead of just apes talking, it's all manner of creatures. Man, man is the animal, 
and you know they they're like, what is this talking creature? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it's he hair- have no hair on his body? Why, <laughs> Why is he hairless? He's mm-hmm. ugly, just like That's in right. Planet of the Apes. They thought he, the human, was the ugliest form. So disgusting. Yeah, didn't have any fur on him at all. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, so Prince Tufton uh, approaches him. And as they uh, start to talk, they get ambushed by a bunch of uh, rats. Uh, and they start, uh, they have, the rats all have uh, guns, and Prince Tufton um, uh, has a gun in and a sword, but Commandy has a pistol, so they start shooting um, back and forth, and they manage to escape. Um, they run outside, and uh, Prince Tufton's horses have been killed by these rats. And at first it appears that they're going to be trapped, but luckily he didn't come alone. And there's a blimp up in the air um, dangling down a rope. So they jump up on the, um, on the rope and, and climb up onto the blimp, and it's being uh, piloted by uh, good old Dr. Canis, who is um, a, a dog, uh, I guess a dog or a dog man or whatever you want to say. So... Uh, they, they take off from the rats and uh, start flying across um, the plains. And basically what had happened is that um, Prince Tufton's father, the king of uh, the, the, the tigers, uh, has been captured um, by apes. So he's asking for Commandy's help. Um, as they're flying the, uh, the blimp, Commandy uh, notices that apes are uh, chasing down a female girl, a human girl on, on a um, horse. So of course he can't believe his eyes and he, without even thinking, he ends up jumping right off the blimp, you know, holding onto the rope to swing over to try to rescue the girl. Um, he manages to, to grab her just, uh, just in the nick of time, but then falls to the ground and uh, Prince Tufton uh, jumps down to defend uh, Commandy but it looks like they're going to be, they're surrounded by apes. And as they look up into the air, they see that one of the apes had a bazooka and has shot and blown up the blimp. Um, and they don't know what's happened to Dr. Canis. They start fighting, but there's just too many of the apes and both of them are captured. Uh, I, that's Commandy and, and Tufton, as well as the girl. Um, they start getting thrown into the back of a truck when Commandy uh, manages to escape and freeze the girl. They jump into the Jeep and manage to drive off. They weren't able to, to help uh, Tufton, but they drive off and they see an injured Dr. Canis um, walking kind of dazed from the wreckage of the blimp and they pick him up. <clears throat> so they actually, uh, as they continue to drive away, they uh, start talking to the girl, and, and she actually is she's able to say her own name, but, but that's pretty much all that she can say. And uh, she's got a, like a kind of a, for a, a necklace, she's got a compass, and, and she's kind of saying, pointing to where she's from in terms of where the, the compass is, is pointed. But anyhow, as they drive, as they keep driving towards the, the tiger-controlled um, area, they see just a decimated army of tigers. And they've been totally, totally um, uh, destroyed, practically. And uh, 
So Tamandi says, well, this isn't, this isn't going to work. We've, we've got to do something. And he goes to the, to the lion um, clan. And although the lions aren't necessarily um, friendly with the tigers, neither do they have um, any type of grievance against them. And so Commandy and Dr. Canis managed to convince the lions that if they've come, if the apes have come after the, the tigers, they'll be coming after the lions as well. And, you know, will they, they help, um, you know, get, get the situation under control. At that point, we cut to a destroyed Washington, D.C., which is controlled by the apes. And they're parading Prince Tufton and his father, the king, uh, Caesar, um, in chains. And there's an executioner behind the plan on cutting off both of their heads. Just as they're about to, suddenly there's an explosion. And off in the distance, you see Commandy um, on a jeep and a lion behind him just firing a machine gun. And there's a whole convoy of military equipment um, driving towards the, cap the, the capital. So he's managed to rally the lion troops just in the nick of time. Um, they totally end up routing the, uh, the apes and they get Prince Tufton and his father, uh, set free. And just as things look like they're about to calm down, um, a stray shot from an ape hits the, the female, uh, girl, uh, female human, and, uh, she falls to the ground and Commandy of course, runs to her and they, they kind of exchange um, uh, some glances and he holds her hand and she gives him this, this compass for where she's from. And so Commandy, um, you know, now that the tigers are free and the apes have been defeated, he tells them he's got to go off on his own to see if perhaps he's not the last boy on earth. And then that was the end of the story. It was a very... Uh, interesting tale. I enjoyed it, but what really stood out was the art. Uh, Ryan Sook was uh, some of these um, expressions on um, Commandy and the girl's face are just absolutely amazingly drawn, and uh, the the way that he he drew the animals as well was just absolutely incredible. This was this was a beautiful beautiful looking story. Yeah, his artwork is incredible, unbelievable. You read it all in one, one in story, one sitting? right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, for us, we were reading it weekly, so we'd get a strip, and then another strip, and then another strip. Yeah. No, this was this was um, it was just uh, the story itself. It was, I mean, it was exciting. It was fun. You know, it didn't do anything crazy with with the character, but I don't think that these Wednesday comics were supposed to do anything like that. Um, but it was it was a good story and and again I mean the some, some of them these were crazy though like they had the metamorpho where they had the whole map like in the way he drew it it was like mm -hmm. a little game puzzle or something like that yeah that insane. was interesting you know what else <laughs> I just read yesterday was the Paul Pope story of Strange Adventures and yeah. that was totally a different take on Adam Strange and I thought that that was just absolutely fantastic yeah. But yeah, it was good. It was uh, it was a real good uh, story. I, I really enjoyed myself. I'm I'm really happy that I I got this. I'm about halfway, yeah, a little bit more than halfway through at this point. But like I said, every every night or every other night, I 
just sit down and put a pillow on my lap, put this enormous book on top of the pillow, and uh, and read a story. <laughs> it really is a, a huge book. I remember my first copy, I sat on top of a stack of long boxes, and the spine actually curled because the book kind of weighed itself down and bent around the box. So, of course, I had to buy another copy. Yeah. Yeah, I could, bent copy. Oh, I could totally see how that would happen. I mean, you're right. I mean, just the weight of each side is just, I mean, the thing weighs a ton. Like, there's no way that I'd be able to read this without a nice, um, thick pillow on my lap to kind of cushion the, 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 the actual book itself. It's, um, yeah, it's it, a weird, it, it's it, a weird it, size. Yeah. Because it, it was made to be a newsprint, newspaper yeah. size. So, yeah, it's like each, like when you open it up, it's like you have a full like newspaper, like unfurled in front of you. Except yeah. It weighs, except it weighs ten ten pounds. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great story though. You want to go have next, got, Kurt? Sure. I I just had one more question for Rob. Have you got sure. got to the Sergeant Rock story in there yet? I have not. I have not. I'm looking forward to it though. That's what I so. thought you were gonna cover. Yeah, I just haven't so gotten the, to your it. Your only yet. choices were Commandy and Sergeant Rock, right? Uh, yeah. Unless uh, you want to consider uh, Adam Strange not a superhero, but I think that's too close to being a superhero. I don't know. I think... He's kind of sci-fi. He is very sci-fi. He's very but... sci-fi, and he's not. He doesn't have any powers. He's a guy oh. with a jetpack that has sperm on Ran. He's the only guy that can impregnate. <laughs> he has what on Ran? Sperm. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rand became uh, a planet where they couldn't breed. So Sardath had alternative motives for, for Adam because he's like, well, we can now breed because mm-hmm. his sperm works. So it becomes weird, a weird storytelling. <laughs> that That I... is an amazing uh, series, by the way. The Adam Strange... Uh, the one that came in the prestige format back in the 80s. Oh my God, that's a good series. I've ever read that. The one with the one of the Kubert sons did the artwork. Yes, the yes. About? It's three issues. Kubert does the art, and it's that story is like phenomenal. It's like ahead okay, of its I time. I see it for, Yeah, three issues. Yeah. I've never read this. Never read it. Oh God, it's so good. That's my I'll favorite. That, that is my favorite Adam Strange story. With this strange adventure in this one, I don't know if you guys remember at all, but uh, Alana doesn't look anything like she's ever been depicted before. Well, Neither does Sardath. Well, she doesn't look the same in uh, New Fifty Two either. No, but this is like almost like it looks like more of a. I don't know how to describe. It. She almost looks like a barbarian. She's got oh, face yeah. paint. She's got like a just. But a... but you gotta. Paul Pulp does that with every character that he does. He like morphs. It was a really interesting. And Doctor Fate has a little um, little cameo here, and he looks. I mean, you can tell that it's Doctor Fate, but it's very stylized. That it, it's just it looks really really beautiful. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. What do you got for us, Kirk? Well, I. As you know, I've been digging through some boxes when I get a chance, and I came across a double of V, and there's been a lot of chatter on amongst our Twitter buddies about V, and I hadn't read V since it was coming out new. I remembered I enjoyed it, and that it was really good, 
and I decided I want to I want to reread one of these, and it's number five, cover dated June nineteen eighty five. And honestly, it took me a little while to get into this because I hadn't seen the show, I hadn't read the comic, and I was trying to remember who some of these people were. And some of the likenesses are pretty good, and some of them not so much. So, like Diana, who I know, I remember the name, she doesn't really look like Diana in this comic. The artwork is by Todd Smith and Alfredo Alcala, writer Carrie Bates. Great cover by Cohen and Magyar. Um... A, a lizard hand giving the thumbs down with the ships hovering over a burning city. Anybody, any 12 year old kid who was watching the show and saw this comic on the spinner rack would have been like, oh, the visitors are attacking. I've got to find out what's going on. <laughs> but you get in here and the, the, you, you open it up. And the first thing you see is a house ad for the hunger dogs. You can never kill them all. Jack Kirby's crowning achievement, a 64-page graphic novel from DC Comics where legends live. And I hate to say it, but I've never read The Hunger Dogs. As much as I liked New Gods, I only recently got a copy of the book because when it came out, I think it was like $5.95 for the... Yeah, it was part of their graphic novels. And I was like, $5.95? I can barely afford 75 cents. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, this story gets in. The main plot of this is that a character named Dr. Megan, who had sent out welcoming satellites out into space saying, you know, we're we're human, we're your friends, and broadcast in different languages. He blames himself for the visitors coming. He's decided that his satellites are what brought the visitors to Earth. And he's come up with a plan where he's going to go up onto the mothership and try to negotiate a peace treaty with Diana. And if that doesn't work, He's planted a microchip-sized nuclear bomb into the base of his skull, and he will just detonate the bomb somehow and kill Diana. And the resistance fighters learn of his plan and decide that this is a terrible idea because if he kills Diana, the rest of the visitors are just going to destroy the human race in in retaliation. There's a, a lot of different subplots of characters that I remember. I remember Elizabeth the Star Child. And she's worried about a guy named Kyle, who I didn't remember. Kyle has been taken to Camp Laka, which is where the visitors are running experiments, Nazi-style, on human beings, among which are an effort to fatten us up as a food source. And so apparently uh, all they had to do was wait 35 years, and the American population would be morbidly obese. But they didn't want to do that. We were well on our way even back then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the, some of these people they show on the feeding tubes and they're fattened up. I'm like, I think I was behind that guy in Walmart the other day. <laughs> but they, Ham and Chris, who I did remember, are, are in Camp Laka and spying on these experiments. And they're undercover as, as visitors. And they've decided they've got to put an end to this camp. Mike and Julie, Mike, you know, the Beastmaster guy, and Julie, the hot blonde, are fighting for some reason. So <laughs> I like I don't how know. you say the Beastmaster guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, because that that's was the, what that, he was known for at the time. Yeah, that's the only thing that, like, like I really knew him for was Beastmaster, because I love Beastmaster. So I would refer to him as Beastmaster guy, too. Plus, I have a co-worker that looks exactly like him. Oh, mm-hmm. really? 
What's his does, name? Mark Singer? Know? Is his Mark name Mark Singer? Singer? Yeah, Mark yeah, Singer, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was like a star at that time, cashing yeah. in the Beastmaster chips. With this two and, uh, little uh, rats, or what were they called? Uh, he had... Uh, they weren't hamsters. They were uh, weasels, or... What were they? He had two of them, anyway, that he'd always carry with them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There were we- there were weasels or, or... No, ferrets, maybe. Ferrets. Th- thank yeah. you, two ferrets. I couldn't yeah. think of the term. That's right. I think ferrets are just domesticated weasels. Where's the Beastmaster comic book? That's a good question. Yeah, Dynamite should snap that one up. Yeah, it's probably uh, public Put domain. Put out thirteen different covers. But Mike, Mike. <laughs> And Julie are fighting in this, and Mike was the Beastmaster. Julie was the hot bond. I don't know why they're mad at each other. Apparently, I should have reread one through four first. But there, there's so many subplots going on. This is it reminded me that V was excellent in building on a, the storylines month to month, much like the TV show week to week. So while I was a little bit lost in my reread of this, I do still give it a thumbs up. But I'd recommend starting at the beginning and you would probably or either maybe even watching the show and having a better memory than me because it it really took me about halfway through the book to really get into the groove and realize okay i remember this guy i rem- oh yeah 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 i remember that so I, wasn't, I enjoyed wasn't it. um the guy who plays freddy krueger in that show too yeah he was willing that, that's where yeah. i knew for years, when when Nightmare on Elm Street first became a thing, I was like, "That's Willie," and everybody's yeah, like, oh, the, "That's Freddy Krueger." The only three no, that's char- Willie. The only three characters I remember are Willie, and then the Mark Singer character, and then there was a a, a a V alien. She was a beautiful brunette. She had black hair. I don't remember what her name was, but she was one of the main characters. That was Diana. Diana. They had uh, Diana the brunette, and I can't remember the name of the blonde, who were the main V yeah. characters. And they, they were, like, in competition with each other. They I just remember are, having a crush on both of them. They just recently released the Blu-ray of V. Yeah, I put it on my like, wish list. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, thinking... I, I bought it. But there there is another incarnation. I don't know if you watched the, the Sci-Fi Channel's V. It was maybe about 10 years ago. Uh, was the it the recent the more recent revival I think it lasted two seasons is that yeah. what you're talking about yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I think that was on ABC that was good I liked yeah. it yeah I liked it I it didn't had like that, it as much as the name? original M- Morena Vacarin ba- ba- yeah 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 I'm right. probably butchering that how you pronounce that but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was fun. I enjoyed that one I. It didn't appeal to me as much as the original, and that might just be because I'm a 40-something bitter old man instead of a 12-year-old kid filled with wonder and imagination. But you know, <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it, and, and my wife would be like, oh, it's your stupid alien show. Like, leave me alone, lady. <laughs> well, I've been, I've been on a sci-fi kick lately. I watched uh, uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, um, Space Hunter in the Forbidden Zone, and then I watched Star Crash. And now I'm watching the Lost in Space uh, remake. So, like, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I go through these, like, moods, and now I'm into a sci-fi kick. 
Oh, it, it's fine. I'm on a Western kick. I've, I've been, I got the box set of the Magnificent Seven movies, and I watched the, oh, God. the first that, one the other day, and then that's I started what I, watching that's the second what I was one last telling, night. That's what I was telling Rob, though, is I love the Magnificent Seven so much that Battle Beyond the Stars was the same plot. <laughs> <laughs> it even had one of the same actors. Robert Vaughn. Yeah, and he played sort of the same character. <laughs> I, I I love that movie so much. Like I, mm-hmm. it's it is so good. I I've I've seen that movie so many times. I love the Valkyrie chick who who really doesn't have any like bullets in her ship, but she's just like awesome. Like this awesome pilot that defeats them with light. Yeah, it's insane. But anyway, speaking of westerns, I'm doing Jonah Hex because of Rob because I went through a box of stuff that I did in inventory. So um, this is Jonah Hex number 53. Beautiful Billy Tucci cover. It, it is like, oh, God, it's beautiful. I, I know exactly the one you're talking about, I think. Uh, that, he was selling with, with Jonah and the, and the girl leaning up against him. Yes, she is a, a showgirl, like a dance hall yes, girl. Yes, yes. And she is just gorgeous. She's drawn there with that outfit. And then she's got the feathers around her waist. And then she's got like a a gun inside her stocking and these huge boots. It's just, it is beautiful. Huge what? What? Huge what? Boots. <laughs> oh. I, I didn't say boobs. I thought you said something else. <laughs> Footwear. I apologize. <laughs> she does have pretty big boobs. <laughs> not 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 on the cover the way she's portrayed but the way she's drawn in the interiors um billy was selling prints of that cover at heroes con a few years ago i picked one up because i, I was so excited about jonah hex anyway you don't see many jonah hex prints but especially jonah hex by billy tucci yeah it is a beautiful uh her name is lana and jonah hex this is outside of his character, I I think, but he's after two brothers, Jeb and Walt Hager, and he kind of recruits Lana. She's a showgirl dancing, because he's like she's a local, and he's like I'm gonna need your help in tracking them down. So he hires her. First he flashes the money, and she says I'm not no whore, and he goes I I don't I'm not paying for to have sex with you. I'm paying for you to help me hunt these two guys down. And she 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 says, well, I'll think about it. And he says, well, don't think too hard or I'll get one of these other showgirls to help me. And she says, okay, I'll do it. And it turns out these brothers had went to the postal uh, service and rerouted a train so they could hijack it. And they have a big gang. There's like at least 14, 15 of them. And they rerouted the train um, the girl Lana is playing a widow on the train and she has her husband in the coffin and it turns out that Jonah's in the coffin. (laughs) So they have this cool scene where she's mourning and crying for her husband and they go, uh, one of the Hager brothers says, you know what? They, we've known that people transport valuables inside of coffins. You should check that coffin out. Well, the two guys go over there one as soon as they go near the coffin 
one of the brothers is getting ready to lift it, and then the girl does this high kick because she's a showgirl. She could kick her leg up so damn high. She kicks the guy right in the face. Kapow! And then Jonah That's Hex what, comes out. Yeah. yeah, comes out with the six shooters. And he's like, blam! Right between the eyes. Blam! Blam! And then he's like going down the train and he's like killing everybody. He runs into the two brothers on the train. He kills them. And then there were, all that was left was all his gang outside. And at the end of the, the massacre, he's got like a whole wagon full of bodies. And he's like, well, I got to take this wagon. We're going to go get paid. So him and Lana go out meet a sheriff or a deputy in the middle of nowhere and the guy throws him his money and then lana clack clangs him on the head with a shovel jonah hex and they were like we're gonna take his money well it turns out that this guy is jethro hager which is the brother of those other two brothers that is a deputy so he he would became the good brother became a deputy his other two brothers became bandits and they were gonna steal his money and uh she didn't hit Jonah over the head hard enough because Jonah gets <laughs> up and he just slaughters everybody. He kills Jeffro. He kills the other two deputies. And then he shoots her in the leg so she'll never walk again. And he leaves her there. And she's like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to get you. Because she knew her. her he took He took her livelihood basically and left her there and that's how it ended and it's it was a crazy story i loved it <laughs> beautiful art very nice did tucci do the artwork inside as well or did he just do the cover yeah he did the art inside and then it had paul mount's colors it was really good that is just such a great series that almost everything is a done in one storyline, lots of great artists, man. And normally I would be upset with a, a comic having changing out artists as often as Jonah did, but for that book, it really worked. Yeah, that's good stuff. You got anything else, Rob? I do. All right, bring it. Oh, where is it? Where'd I put it, Mike? It's gone. Oh, <laughs> I remember. Here it is. Okay. You know what? I decided to um, pull this one out, and I like I really liked this series at the time, but this first issue sure was confusing, even in rereading it. Um, I must have liked it more and more as it went on. But um, anyhow, it's Outlaw Nation number one from two thousand. You guys ever read this? That's a vertigo. Is that the one with uh, Tim Bradstreet covers? Uh, no, Glenn Fabre. Okay, I don't. I remember the title. I don't think I ever read it. Okay. It's um it's written by Jamie Delano and the artist is Goran Suzuka. And it, this is a, like kind of um gets you first into the story and uh the beginning of it has a character basically he's he's literally writing he's writing a story um up on a typewriter and he's um, it's set in Vietnam and saying how he managed to, um, that, you know, he was a, he was a soldier, American soldier, and he managed to, um, kind of, uh, get away from it with a Vietnamese girl. Um, they, uh, found, a abandoned, uh, crashed airplane 
that had um, uh, just had basically between that and the land that had everything that they they needed, and they ended up just living there, and and uh, then it, you cut to to current current time, uh, which would have been 2000 back then, and he's right still writing a story, and he's he's basically writing about like his life with this woman who's now gotten older, but he looks exactly the same. And his, his writing is that it's very obvious that he's finishing the story and actually say like, I mean, it comes right out and says, you know, um, that she's out outside um, uh, tending to the garden. And uh, he, he said that he's finishing it the coward's way, matching his keystrokes to the patient rhythm of her hoe, loving her, killing her, letter by inevitable letter until that point of no return. And it says like T-H-E-E-N-D. And uh, so you get the feeling like there's something up with him writing a story that is like literally going to end her life. Um, you, you, it, it goes back to um, uh, to the United States and... It opens with this young guy. He's um, with uh, an Asian woman. Uh, at first, I didn't know if it was supposed to be that same woman from before, but it's not. And uh, apparently, he was a cop. But after some sort of a um, compound ambush for like those, you know, some people that were like um, those like cult type situations where a lot of people died, he ended up quitting the force. Um, and it turns out that, uh, that she's, that she's pregnant with, uh, his child and they, they have a book that re references to a place uh, to somewhere called the place. And they're convinced that even though this book is, a, uh, seems to be a work of fiction, they're convinced that the place is real and it's somewhere that they need to go. Um, because it's um, it's the kind of like the home um, the home area for this Johnson clan, and he's he's Sonny Johnson. So um, he only knows his mother; he never knew his his father. Um, so they uh, she he ends up, uh, or actually she ends up waking up the next morning and he's gone saying that he, that he's got to try to look for it on his own. It's just putting her in danger. And that once he finds it, he'll, he'll reach out to her. So she ends up um, going to um, Sonny's uh, mom's business that apparently she knew about and they start talking and um, she starts, the mother um, kind of gets upset that he actually is looking for this, this thing called the place. And um, Sonny's real name is Sundance and his father, um, is a man called a uh, story Johnson. And he's actually the guy that we, we had seen in Vietnam in the sixties and, uh, in current times that apparently doesn't, um, get any, doesn't seem to get any older. Um, there's also, a seems to be like a bad guy in play here called Mr. Gloves. Turns out his full name is kid Gloves. And he's also a Johnson and he is kind of like trying to either track down the rest of the clan or um, somehow stop them or get rid of them. Uh, anyhow, he seems like a, like an evil guy. Um, so 
you see some when, when you go when we cut back to Vietnam, you see some um, some stuff about uh, Story Johnson. He's talking about some of, of his past and stuff, and he makes reference that he's like, "Damn it!" He's like, "I, I can't believe it. I'm a hundred years old already." So apparently, he was born in uh, in the year 1900, and he he looks I don't know like a guy in his mid to late 30s. Uh, he references his dad, who he's like, I wonder if he's still alive, but he's like, I got to go back to the United States and, and check it out. And sure enough, his dad is still alive, but uh, he doesn't look, doesn't look in great shape, but is getting a blood transfusion from one of his other sons that Kid Gloves has captured. Then it all kind of um, leads, leads back to this Kid Gloves. He's kind of taking care of his father, who is this old, old man, and the fact that now uh, Sundance is looking for the place. You've got his dad story coming back to the United States and, and everyone's it's, it's kind of like setting things up. As I said, even reading this a second time, it was, it was pretty confusing, but I remember enjoying the series and I bought the whole thing until, until it was canceled. Um, and I remember really liking it. So, I almost wonder if I just need to pursue it a little bit more. I'm I'm, I'm not sure, but it was. Um, I, I gotta say, even rereading it was it was it was quite confusing. Was this a limited series or an ongoing? It was an ongoing uh, series, but it ended up being canceled after 19 issues. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean. I almost, I mean, I'm already reading a ton of other stuff, so I'm not going to get back to this anytime soon, but I almost want to go back and at least read the next like three or four issues to see exactly where this, where I was with this, because I, I remember really enjoying this, um, this whole series. And if just taking this one issue alone, not that I didn't like it, but it didn't blow me away as much as I remembered the series blowing me away. Yeah, maybe you just read it out of context though you're reading one issue instead of something you might have consumed right right or it, or and i'm looking back in hindsight from 20 years ago of something that i liked as a whole right not right. just one single issue even though it's the first yeah. issue yeah and not only that but like you know i don't know about you guys but like even before um you know going to dcbs i you know i i wouldn't i already placed an order for like two or three issues by the time I got issue number one right? Um, with my comic shop. So it's not like it, it would have to be really, really something that I absolutely detested to just say, never mind, I don't want any more issues. Um, so, you know, uh, I would have already been in to get at least, you know, issue two and three. And at that point, maybe it's like, oh, this is actually, this is pretty cool or something. You know what I mean? So, right. um, so yeah, that's definitely a, definitely a possibility but anyhow if it's on if it's on the app or anything and you guys ever have a chance I, i'd encourage you to at least try out the first few issues see what you you think if you've never read it before well i, I know i've seen that title like in bargain boxes but i, I don't think i've ever picked one up i'll have to yeah that's have to check I, it out i only have five issues and i picked them up in a dollar bin gotcha yeah <clears throat> well i uh I paid full price for all of them. All right, you're next, Kirk. Do you have anything else? Well, I guess yes and no. I didn't read this for the podcast, but as Rob was talking about, he brought up uh, 
Adam Strange and Strange Adventures, how he's more sci-fi than superhero. I read a, an old Mr. Miracle that our buddy Professor Allen sent me. And I think of Mr. Miracle now more as a superhero, thanks to his, you know, the 80s with him being on the Justice League and stuff. But this is from 1973, and it's number 14, and it's all about him just escaping traps in this house called Satan's Lair, where a band of criminals had set up shop, and they were trying to scare people away in monster costumes and such, and... All the booby traps they had to kill anybody who came in, they're just, uh, he's just able to use his gadgets that he's got or his escape artist abilities to get out of them, and he keeps foiling their, their, uh, their traps. And it's really an odd book. <laughs> what, 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 is, what is the issue for? 14, 14. Mr. Miracle. It's got to be near the end of the original run because... It, I don't yeah, remember how long. I think it was like 25 16, issues. 17. No, 25. But didn't they revive it in the 70s? They revived and, it in the 70s during the explosion. Yeah, the last Kirby this, was 18. The main villain, the head of this gang in Satan's Lair is Madam Evil Eyes. And I will have to send you guys a picture of her. For the, oh, I, I, <laughs> I already know. I, I've read I don't know. Ser- I've read this series like 25 times. I this, love it. This, this thing just cracked me up. I was reading it last night to try to relax and because uh, the kids were driving me crazy. And I was like, I need, a, I need a, a comic where I don't have to really think much. I was like, hey, you should have done perfect. Top Dog. Top Dog is always a comic book that you don't need well, to think, think much. If I'd had one handy, I probably would have read a Top Dog. <laughs> But this was towards the top of the pile, thanks to Professor Allen. And, and Madam Evil Eyes is just quite a character. She's the only one who actually has any powers in this thing. And she can shoot fire out of her eyes. And Mr. Miracle has some kind of circuitry in his mask that he uses to absorb the powers and then send them back to her, knocking her out. And... Oberon's like, wow, she must have really been one of those weird mutant type of people. And <laughs> there, there's a little subplot. Apparently, this is where Big Barda and Mr. Miracle are first starting to have feelings for each other. Because I, I think of them always now as a couple. So this really set the stage for that. And it's, <laughs> wow, it's a bizarre book. <laughs> it's wild. The whole thing is wild because it... It intertwines with all that he was telling at the time too. Like like the way that they package the original material, if you read the fourth world, it's like in publication history. It's not like all the Mr. Miracles at once. Right. So it, it, it's, he's he he was sort of building his own version of Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well I and, and up each, the fourth each world one, collection recently from the DCBS in stock sale. Yeah. So I want to read that, you know, in order. Yeah. Cause everything else I'd read, I'd read as I'd find an issue at a flea market or in the back issue bin where I could afford it. And I honestly, I had just forgotten about the early days of Mr. Miracle being just truly an escape artist adventurer. And cause you could, even, the, you could have even covered a Jimmy Olsen because he's not a superhero and a Don Rickles, the Don Rickles Jimmy Olsen <laughs> issue. I remember that issue. You know? 
I was like, why is Don Rickles, <laughs> is Don Rickles in my <laughs> comic book? <laughs> well, why not? Of all the strange celebrity cameos, Don Rickles is not who I would have picked. <laughs> the Forever People is pretty unique, too, because they really are like space hippies. Like they're, yeah. They are totally space hippies. Yeah, I read one of those a month or two ago that I dug out, and I was like, that Kirby was, I assume this was his his take on the hippie culture, and like, hey, these hippie kids are all right, man. Yeah, they're groovy. <laughs> they're groovy. <laughs> I always had a thing for Beautiful Dreamer, man. Well, she I, is beautiful. She's smoking. <laughs> well, yes, sir. <clears throat> I got another Jonah Hex. Oh, number all 55. right. What do you got? 55, so I'm jumping an issue. Why, why are you skipping an issue, Mike? Because that issue wasn't as good as this one, and I didn't want right. to do three of them. Um, this was my favorite uh, of, of the three. And this one was by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray, just like they did everything. And then it had art by Vicente... Alcazar. Vicente. Vicente. Si, senor. And uh, <laughs> this this story was awesome. Uh, it takes place in in the past. It starts with five years ago story, and it's a story of these guys robbing a saloon, and this guy is talking to this other old man uh, about his son. He's like, "Why are you teaching my son to?" blow up stuff he's he's blowing up cats and he's like but dad you said you didn't want the cats around so he's like showing him how to to make sort of like dynamite and uh he goes as long as you don't tell my wife she'd kill me but yeah you did get rid of the cats so i guess they were eating all kinds of crap (laughs) and uh they come in these guys are robbing the there's like five of them they come to rob the saloon and he doesn't have any money. This is during the winter season. There's no gambling money. There's not much. And he says, take my son away. You know, he tells the older guy, take my son out of here. And they says, you don't tell me what to do. Pow! They shoot him right in the gut. Mm. They, they shoot the, the owner of the store. And then the woman says, Miles, my husband. Boom! Bullet right in her head. So the kid just witnessed the death of both of his parents. And he's like, no! And then, all of a sudden, you see a head just flying into the saloon. And you're like, "Where's? why is there a head flying into the saloon? <laughs> well, I, I guess Jonah Hex decided to join in on the fun. And uh, he took out one of the outlaws, beheaded him, and threw his head into the saloon. And then managed to, <laughs> he managed to kill... Every single guy that robbed the place. And as soon as he starts shooting them, he's got most of the guys on. He wants the reward for these dudes. The the little kid starts kicking him in the head. He grabs a gun out of Jonah's uh, holster and he shoots every one of them in the head. Blam, blam, blam. Anybody that, that Jonah left alive, he killed them. So now the saloon is... It's sort of every bunch of dead bodies. Everybody that Hex went in there to to get um, is dead. 
he sa- he says something weird and the the showgirl or the bartender girl notices it and he says man i should have gotten here earlier and she's like what's up with that but uh that comes into play later in the future so you cut to the the present and um the, we're at the same bar and a bunch of gangsters go in there <coughs> to rob it again and this time the boy comes in and he says I'm Billy Dynamite what are you doing in my bar and they all laugh like what is this kid going to do and he grabs like a little M80 it's it's it's, it's like half a stick of dynamite he shoves it into the lead guy's mouth and it blows up boom so it blew his jaw out and his tongue has nothing to hang on to so he's just there <laughs> he's oh, just geez. so billy dynamite kill you know he didn't kill the leader he just took off part of his face yeah and then the uh girl behind the bar pulls out a shotgun and she says get out of my bar so they go outside of the bar they light the place on fire and then the kid comes running out they wrap him full of dynamite the kid and they throw him into the fire so he blows up they kill the kid and the 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 girl is pissed off because she helped raise this kid um since he lost his parents and jonah hex is getting his uh he's getting a shave at the barber shop and she comes out here and he's chewing his ass and she says, what do you mean you were late five years ago? What was going on? This wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. And hmm. then it makes him feel guilty. So then he goes and captures all of these dudes. He hangs them upside down on trees and then puts dynamite underneath their heads. So he's got like six of them. And then you have the one guy that is, he doesn't have a jaw anymore because Billy Dynamite blew his jaw off. And you just see his, like, his just tongue. It's just there's like tongue hanging upside down, <laughs> slapping him in the face, you know, blowing in the wind. His tongue is just there. And he's like, he, I'm, he, he basically gives, gives them their uh, come up, comeuppance by yeah. putting the dynamite there. And then the last scene of it, you just have Jonah Hex on, on the detonator. He just pushes, pushes his hands down like you would on the mine and blows all them faces up. He kills every single one of them. Wow. Yeah, it was so good. But poor Billy Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, there is, I, I mean, I would love a new Jonah Hex series. <clears throat> I think the only thing I'd like more is is for them to go back and do a, a World War II uh, Sergeant Rock series because that's been a very, very long time. But, man, I, I miss these Jonah Hex stories. Me too. Yeah. At this it's point, I'd be like happy it. if they even brought back, you know, the, the future space Jonah Hex. Hex. The Just closest... so I could have a fix of the character. The the closest you can get to him is by wa- watching the outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Because yeah. he was a Confederate soldier that they were hunting down. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I just, I you know I was reading um the end of uh, All Star Squadron. Of course, as as you as you do, you you look you know as you flip the pages, you just glance at the ads and. You know, they had all the, um, you know, the DC subscription ads and stuff. And 
you know, as I'm going through All-Star Squadron, you, you kind of see, okay, they still have, they got Hex, not Jonah Hex, but Hex. Yeah. They got GI Combat, and they got Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock and GI Combat are bi-monthly books, and you know that that's not a good sign. Yeah. Right. And, and then by the time you get to that last issue of All-Star Squadron and you're looking there, like they're gone. I mean, Hex was still around because that had just started, but like th- those two are, are not available for, for subscription. And it's like, oh, God. Because right around that, you know, 86, 87 period where they cut those last last two war books um, were stopped. It yeah, I remember when they me. went by monthly. I was sad because I was like, this, at that point, I knew enough about the industry that that was a bad sign that it, when you go from monthly to bi monthly, you're getting towards the end or if you change the title and the number increases like when hawkman became adam and hawkman they basically took both titles and moved it into one you know right. that's a bad sign <laughs> right maybe yeah, if we trying, put them both in a book <laughs> to buy the same comic book so they can keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I you would you would hope with like i don't know you know i mean it's direct market and all that stuff and you know there's so many different publishers and you know certainly they can support a one war book it's like they're supporting superhero books that sell you know 8,000 copies say say what you will about Dan DiDio but if Dan DiDio wasn't there Jonah Hex wouldn't have ran as much as it did right yeah I mean 70 issues and then all all western Another yeah. 30 something. All Star right? Western, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you saw my enemy ace uh, drawing that that Zach did for me, but I love it. It was on yeah, the cover I of like From that Blood. A lot. He I drew he drew the enemy ace on the side of the plane flying. Okay, so it's like flying, and he's outside of the cockpit shooting his pistol at an enemy plane. Like <laughs> he's using the plane to like protect him from bullets as bullets yeah. are coming through across the plane <laughs> and he's on the wing of the plane. <laughs> God. Yeah. Where, did that's you post so awesome. that? Yeah. I'll have to go back and take a look. It doesn't sound familiar. I haven't seen much of that guy's work, but I think that's my favorite piece by him so far. Yeah, he did. Well, I know he did a marae for you too. Yeah, I did the I did the. This is issue two, but the cover is still of issue one. So I I got issue two and issue one, but issue one is a cover he can draw on. Right. So he drew he drew that. I think it's amazing. Like it it just it's a if you open it up to see the whole picture. Um. It's it, he draws he uses the page really well like the entire wraparound cover like he he uses the whole cover. But I, I was really impressed. And then, I, I if they do the Kickstarter for From Blood number three, I'll be definitely getting the same tier, and probably getting another War comic. So I got Enemy Ace and Mademoiselle Marie. The next one will probably be Sergeant Rock or Unknown Soldier. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Kirk. Yes. You'll you'll be pleased to know that I did go ahead and pull the trigger on that uh, Merrick the Elephant Man. Um, All right. Whole catch the whole catch up thing, so I can get 
get issues two through eleven physically, and then one digitally because he doesn't have any more number ones. Yeah, it's I a, think it's a good limited... it's a good story. It's very um, it's very dark, and it's it's it reminds me of Hellboy, but even it's like um, Elephant Man. Like if the guy that was the Elephant Man is in like the Hellboy universe, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much inspired by Hellboy, and the art style is similar to Manola's. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm glad to hear you back that. I, I I try to spread the word on these guys, especially you know when when it's a campaign that I've backed previously and they fulfilled because you get burned on so many of them. Yeah. So when the, when they actually follow through, I'm like, hey, this guy's doing it right. Well, you that, know, um, that one's I, from I, England, I think. It yeah. is. It is. It's a little bit more expensive, but you know. Um, that that's actually why I was holding off is that, you know, I didn't want to, you know, I, I was concerned about the amount of money that I'm, I was just spending, but honestly, this, I mean, this month and with us just sitting around at home, not really spending a lot of money. So, you know, we'll go out, we'll, we'll take order takeout, you know, once a week or something like that, but not spending a lot of money. So I'm like, you know what, let me go ahead and back that before it, before it ends. The, the, the only, uh unusual thing and i don't know if this is just my copy but i ordered like the first five they have like a weird incense smell to them oh really yeah i don't know if it's the the paper they use or what but it's very unusual (laughs) there is a different smell to a lot of these small press color books i assume it's something to do with the ink the the printers use they don't smell like a regular Marvel and DC book. This one's though enough to like. I don't know if you like spend enough time. They're they're pretty dense books. The Merrick ones. There's a lot of story in them, and your hands will smell like that stuff afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> How long are you holding this comic, Mike? Well, I I, I was out are you of the walking sun around on the, the house holding it and sniffing it. And... <laughs> I was reading it out on the deck, so it was, I don't know <laughs> if it was the sun combined with the heat or, or what. But. The, yes, the heat brings out the scent. It intensifies it mm-hmm. <laughs> for your reading and smelling pleasure. <laughs> yeah, but there's been a whole bunch of Kickstarters lately that have been looking good that I've, yeah, I've actually Yeah, there's a new Palmiotti one, which I, I did, like. I did that one, yeah. I always do Palmiati, and then there was a jungle one, and I'm like, yes. I haven't by, done by Andy that Smith. One. Well, I do. Oh it yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I back that one too. It, it, I don't. You put the word jungle in there, or you have somebody <laughs> in a jungle shorts or a jungle huh? outfit, and I'm like, a, a leopard skin bikini. Yeah, if there's some <laughs> leopard skin bikini, I'm all over it. Like it's just like check. I gotta buy it. I did. Uh... That Alex automatic that you recommended, Kirk. Oh, when I first saw that one a couple years ago, it reminded me one of my favorite villains in the Six Million Dollar Man universe was Maskatron. I had it. I don't know if you remember (laughs) that guy. I had a figure, and his face would come off, and he was a robot underneath. Yes. Yeah. And the Alex automatic immediately made me think of that, and it turns out that's the Six Million Dollar Man stuff is part of the inspiration for it. So that just created an instant fondness for it and it turned out the story is really cool and and kirk i couldn't i couldn't pass it by because because you actually put this on the um on your tweet or whether it was a dm i don't remember but 35 pounds 
I'm getting commission too. Right. That's insane. I know. And the guy is pretty good. <laughs> yes, he is. That style is awesome. And I'm I did getting... that Super Team International too, but it doesn't look like that one's going to make it. Which one? Super Team International 88. Oh, yeah. I backed that one too. It was, it was not getting the funding that I thought it deserved. Yeah, not getting any love. And I did Dreadstar also, of course. Well, Ron Mars will be happy. I would love to get the Omnibus, but uh, I, that is something that I'm not spending the money on at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I could get it, but I'd probably also have to hire a divorce lawyer. Uh-huh. And I don't, <laughs> I don't think I could afford both of them. No. But yeah, a lot of good stuff. I, and I really think that we might be seeing more in the future because this disruption in the comic world, yeah. I mean, people can see they can make a few thousand directly versus hoping the industry comes back and, and you know, they, the, the books pick back up because like G.I. Joe, who knows if the industry starts back up, they had shut down G.I. Joe for a little while to catch up anyway. Mm-hmm. So who knows where these things are going to be when the industry starts back up. Exactly. Yeah, but good stuff. Cool deal. Anything so, else, guys? I've got nothing else. I hope that Joe was successful in catching old man Mortimer and, and yeah. stopping the, the haunting at the museum. I hope got to hang too. out with Velma a little bit. <laughs> I'm the Daphne guy all the way. <laughs> She's out of my league, but most ladies are. I, I used I used to be I used to be a Daphne guy and I think I'm a Velma now. I'm a Velma guy. Well now if <laughs> Velma looked like most of these cosplayers, I would be a Velma guy, but <laughs> <laughs> Velma in the cartoon does not translate to most of these cosplay <laughs> costumes I see. Oh my god, you cracked me up. That's awesome. All, All right, right, so uh, shall we call it a podcast? Sure. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us. Yep, we will be back soon, and you can reach Kirk at the Twitters, at Big5Army, at Rob Krieger, uh, like Seeger, and I'm at, my, at Mike Myers Brunch, in Iowa's Joe. But what he's got a number in there or something. No, it's just Iowa's Joe. He's at Iowa's Joe. Yeah. If you want to talk about Mortimer and the ghosts <laughs> and spiders that he had to deal with today. Right. Spooky. Yeah. And if you have any scalp hunter questions and you want send to dig to deep, me. send them to at Iowa's Joe. <laughs> Joe loves Scalp Hunter. Yeah. He, especially if you really want to know the history, just dig in there and tell him you, what you want to know. Tell, Ask him issue questions like, what happened in this issue? Oh, it doesn't make a difference. Hey, ask him anything you'd like. Uh, he, the harder, the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he, he can answer them all. Yep. And I think that'll wrap us up. I think yeah, thanks for doing go. this uh, this morning, guys. It was a little bit short notice, and I appreciate that you guys were able to, to join. 
Well, I yeah. always enjoy talking comics with you guys. We'll let you get back to your chores. But try uh, that Twix bar thing. I have confidence. Some I need kind to dig out. Bar. I think I've got a, 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 a Indiana Jones style leather bull whip in my comic room somewhere. I need to dig that out and crack that around a few times and go, one square of toilet paper for your boogers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One square, you, you need like uh, some kind of like electronic device you could put around their neck. And if they get one square, <laughs> they don't get shocked. But if they do, it's a It activates, yeah. The more, the more squares, the deeper the shock goes. Huh? Yeah, oh, oh, so you pull two squares. You get two buzzes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a good weekend. I'll talk to you later. Yes, enjoy your weekend, guys. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.